Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. I hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas and everyone getting set to have a Happy New Year, of course, uh, and excited to be releasing another edition of Reach the Horizon here this week again. Everyone coming out of the Christmas break, and uh, we're coming out of Christmas break. Full steam ahead. Horizon League play officially tips off this weekend, uh, and I'm very excited to uh, do my best to catch up with as many of the uh, radio and TV ESPN Plus play-by-play guys and gals that, of course, have a front-row seat to all the action that know better than anybody uh, just how good and talented this conference can be. And, uh, of course, we're going to continue spanning around the conference, of course. And we're going to talk a little Youngstown State uh, basketball here today, of course. I'm excited to bring on our guest as we kind of dive into the Penguins a little bit. Right now, Mr. Rob Schmidt hanging out with us. Rob, welcome in, sir. I hope you are doing well. Yeah, Justin, thank you for the opportunity. I'm glad you had a good Christmas. You as well, and uh, this is, I mean, you. we were talking a little bit before starting uh, the podcast, mm-hmm. 22 years you have been doing this for a, for a couple of, not years, but decades. Uh, just talk about uh, your, your career, and how, how did you get uh, affiliated uh, with Youngstown State on top of that to get into this role? Well, I had started out in local radio here in the Youngstown market and then had an opportunity to move on to the television side, and Actually, when I started in radio in Warren, our station at that time was the the home affiliate for YSU Sports. So my very first broadcast of YSU men's basketball was 1987, but it was in a fill-in role, and it was just one game at St. Louis. But after I had moved on to, to television here in the market, um, the associate athletic director at YSU was a good friend of mine, Rick Love, and, and when they changed um, home affiliates, when they went from one station to another with a new radio contract, um, they had to move on from their, their play-by-play guy who was employed at the previous radio station. So he had given me a call. We had been friends for a long time, and and um, I was able to uh, kind of fit it into my television schedule thanks to the news director at the time. And they felt it was um, good publicity, and it ended up being uh, really good for me. And um, when I had an opportunity to come to the university full-time in both athletic marketing and, and broadcasting, I jumped at the chance and have been here ever since. So um, I think when I first met Chris Collins at Wright State, he claimed he was the dean. He remains the dean, um, and I'm trying to catch him. But each year he seems to put another year between me and him. But um, It's been a lot of fun, and, and meeting people such as yourself and you know, the other people around the league has really been enjoyable to me. Yeah, Chris has been doing this for 25-plus years. I think this yeah. is either year 26 or 27. I know he was within the, the last year or two. I know he was recognized at uh, halftime of one of the Wright State home games. Good. Um, for his uh, he's, con- yeah. he's one of the guys it's, it's one of those relationships you, that you build that you really enjoy um you know I, I think because we we see each other twice a year and you know most of us have been doing this for quite a while you, you build a little bit of a bond and a friendship and it's always nice to catch up with those guys but in, and in all honesty i think you'd be hard pressed to really find a league and, and, and i'll take myself out of the equation that has such talented and professional announcers covering the the Horizon League schools as what we have here uh, from top to bottom. And, and they're all experienced. and They all do a great job. And 
I think the respect goes from top to bottom here. And it's one reason why it's so enjoyable to go on the road um, because you get a chance to get caught up with those guys. Yeah, I know. I just, I mean, so many big names. And once you start listing a couple, you fear leaving some out. But, you sure. know, I've got to know Neil Rule uh, pretty well. He's been doing that for a while, quite a while at Oakland. Uh, very good at what he does there in the media landscape, of course. Uh, Jim Kelch, I mean, people that know his background with Northern Kentucky, I mean, he was a longtime broadcaster with the Cincinnati Reds on Radio Network. He's working, of course, with uh, with the Louisville Bats and obviously, you know, calling all the games for Northern Kentucky. So a lot of super talented guys throughout the conference, including yourself. So don't sell yourself short. No doubt about it. But, I appreciate uh, it. Thank you. But uh, it's wild. So here we are. We're two months into the season. Horizon League play tipping off coming up this weekend. You look at Youngstown State, of course. They lost a couple of key players from last season, but they've just kept on trucking. Jared Calhoun, one of my favorite coaches in the league uh now that he's been around for quite some time you know the stability with the youngstown state program we haven't seen that of course whenever when slocum had left of course you we were wondering when you were going to see that stability return slocum is really good but calhoun what he's been able to do is not just have a consistent program out there but a consistent winning program on top of that just overall your impressions of the job that coach calhoun has done i know his name was kind of tied to some key power five jobs over the off season but coming back and just keeping the train on the track i'm a big calhoun fan no doubt about it well and, and rightfully so i think what jared's done here um was, was what you were seeing near the end of the the slocum run and it takes coaches when they come to youngstown state a little while to kind of figure this out and, and by that i mean sometimes people come here and you're told you can't win at Youngstown State. I think Coach Calhoun was told the same thing. Um, obviously, it's not in a hotbed of high school basketball talent to pick from, such as in Indiana or Kentucky. Um, so a lot of times they start to reach because they want to prove everybody wrong. And I think it takes a little while before you kind of go through that, all right, let's win today. Then you start to realize, okay, we've got to build an actual program to sustain anything that we want to achieve here at Youngstown State. And I think, you know, a lot of the coaches who have tasted a little bit of success have realized that. And, and Coach Calhoun, and I told him this at the end of last year, he's got a winning formula now. And by that, he knows the type of players that it takes to win, not just Youngstown State, but within the Horizon League. Now, the NIL has helped him continue with that trend, but but don't, don't sell him short thinking that the NIL is the only reason that, that he's a winner. He did it at Fairmont State. He knows the formula. He knows he is a player's coach. He is able to kind of sell them on his philosophy. He gives them the freedom to play that these guys may not have had at other schools or coming even out of high school or prep. So uh, he gives them a lot of freedom. They don't have to look over their shoulders should something go wrong. He allows them to kind of live out their dreams and shoot threes. You know, Adrian Nelson transferred here. Uh, he never really had a chance to shoot from beyond the arc like he did last year at Youngstown State, he proved to be a very good high-percentage three-point shooter. You know, he kind of picked his moment. So Coach Calhoun's figured out a system here. I think, you know, he realizes, you know, you need to score to win, obviously. But the thing that's, that set them apart this season from last year's squad that went 24-10 and 10 and won the regular season with a mark of 15-5 and five is their defense is as good as I've seen in his seven years here. And it's one of the best defensive squads that I have seen in the last 10 or more years. So I think that's what's kind of set them apart. Um, and I think that's what will sustain the success that they've had so far this season. Now, Youngstown State already with a couple Horizon League games under their, under their belts, of course, and both blowout wins. 
I mean, Cleveland State's a team to keep an eye on this coming up, you know, or this this season, of course, uh, heading into conference play. But they took care of business, ninety four sixty nine. Uh, you know, you, you know, at the tail end of November, and of course, a, a big win at Robert Morris, seventy one fifty seven. So they're two and zero heading into conference play. They got Oakland coming up. I mean, you want to talk about, uh, you know, a dive into the deep end. Oakland has had been one of the more impressive teams in the non con, not record wise, of course, but just what they've yep. been able to do, you know, competition with the way they've been able to compete with some of these high major programs like Ohio State, Illinois, they beat Xavier and, and, and others. Uh, but just your overall just vibe of this team heading into conference play. And by the way, let me ask you, they have played two games already in Horizon. Do you like the fact that the Horizon League has these two games that they play early on and then they go away from league play for a month and then dive into the deep end again? You know, I go back and forth on this, Justin. I actually asked Coach Calhoun that question. Um, he liked it. Now, whether he was just saying that to be nice um, but because of the way this schedule goes with a round-robin system, you're, the league is forced to play those two games early in December so that it doesn't shoehorn games into January and February, and you don't get that three games in five days that they had in the past where you're playing, yeah. let's say, a Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Um, you're not having to shoehorn two games in somewhere to really kind of hamstring these teams. So I don't mind it. Um, actually, in all honesty, as I go back and forth on the fence, I actually think that it, it, it's good for the kids because when you get in these non-league games, and, and sometimes even against the non-D1s, you have a tendency to not really kind of put forth your best effort. And I've talked with some players in my time here, and they don't really gear up until the league starts. And mentally now, I'm not saying they all want to go out and win. They all want to do well. Nobody wants to go out and lay an egg, but they know it's a time to, to step it up a notch, find that other gear when it comes to lead play, and especially in the horizon with it being just a one-bid league, yep. knowing that these league games matter the most. So I don't mind it, to tell you the truth, because I, I think it gives a little extra emphasis on some of those early games that mentally keeps you sharp. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, is like, so we hear – you know, the challenges in scheduling and not just scheduling, but scheduling home games. It's tough to get, you know, some, I mean, you'll see some teams who can go, you know, almost like seven plus days without a game in November, December, just because it's tough to find consistent games throughout and how they're spaced out. At least this provides, you know, for some teams, an extra home game, maybe two home games in November, December, that maybe they wouldn't have been able to fill those dates um, with at least division one teams. Cause we see sometimes these division two teams come in that fans always aren't a fan of. So I don't mind it from that perspective. You mentioned the one, bit league though that's the that's the thing though it's like you used to have november december to go through all the bumps and bruises and to get, you have two months to gear up for conference play so it's like you have to kind of speed up that uh that, yeah. that final product type of thing um but uh, nonetheless i don't think it's a huge deal I, I i do like that they're sprinkled in there um nonetheless no doubt about it so you got oakland coming up new year's eve 230 the tip-off coming up this weekend uh, you want to, you know, already playing Cleveland State, already playing Robert Morris, but Horizon League plays officially here. Got Oakland on Sunday, and then next week, uh, next Thursday, you're at Northern Kentucky, Purdue-Fort Wayne around the corner, Wright State at Oakland again. I mean, we're going to learn about Youngstown State within the first three weeks of conference play. We'll know exactly uh, just who they are if we already don't know who they are already. Well, you know, and you mentioned it too. When you play teams early, like a Cleveland State or a Robert Morris, that's not going to be the same team yep. that YSU is going to see later in the year. So that's that's why Coach Calhoun stressed to his players it was important to win those first two league games because you get a chance to look at the standings for the next six weeks and see your team 
on top of those standings. So that's what made those two early games very important. Now, the schedule makers at the Horizon League, for once, and, and I'll take a homer aspect here, have been very kind to the Penguins. You know, the men don't play until Sunday, coming off of Christmas break, whereas Oakland's got to go to Cleveland State and play Thursday before coming to Youngstown to play on Sunday. And, you know, also YSU's men get to play three, actually four of the first five coming off the Christmas break in league play for the first five at home. So you mentioned going to Northern Kentucky. Well, then after that, you're at home for the next three. So this is a great opportunity for the Penguins to kind of really get a leg up on the rest of the field. And unfortunately, I feel awful for the kids. You never see anybody want to get hurt. But without Sam Vincent, who, you, as you well know, was lost for the season with the torn ACL, yeah. Northern Kentucky has a lot to prove in a very short amount of time how they could fill that void. So if you're looking at it from a YSU end of it, they're catching Northern at the right time. So, again, that's just a little bit more of an advantage for YSU. Uh, but still, it's at Northern Kentucky, one of the best, most difficult venues to play in. Nothing will come easy because Warwick is obviously a player that you're candidate. All right. Again, you're listening to Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Rob Schmidt, uh, the voice of the Penguins, hanging out with us here on this week's edition as we are gearing up for conference play. Uh, you know, kind of weird. They've already played a couple, as uh, Rob and I just talked about. But nonetheless, it's a full Horizon League slate uh, moving forward. And Youngstown State will have Oakland uh, to kick everything off coming up um, this Sunday. Um, let's, you know, as far as some of the star players look last year, I mean, you, one of the most explosive offensive teams in the league, no doubt about it. And you have to replace some of that, uh, of course, just talk about some of the players, you know, Brandon Rush, you know, just leading Youngstown state recently with what, 23 points in the win over Navy, uh, this past week, DJ Burns posted his seventh double double, uh, with 19 points, 13 rebounds on top of that, helping lead the Penguins or to you guys winning your, your last seven contests. I mean, the bottom line is, is there's, there's no shortage of talent there. I mean, they, they had to replace, you had to replace a lot of scoring from a season ago, but I don't think that's been an issue. No doubt about it. No, the difference really has been this and, and going into the year, I, I think if you had to talk with anybody from last year's squad, they would tell you that last year's starting five may have been more talented. However, they would also tell you that this team is deeper and that's really proven to be the case. So, you know, where you see the progression that Coach Calhoun's been able to make with this squad, the first two games of the year, losses at Louisiana and at Michigan, were, I think, directly attributed to new team, new players on a new team, all trying to kind of make their mark um, and maybe do a little bit too much. And then after the two road games, I've, I've said they've done a great job scheduling. People can, can make what they want of it with four non-D1s. That Became, that was because Western Illinois pulled out of the game and the NCAA didn't sign a waiver to play Niagara. So um, they, they were forced to do some things, but those games allowed them to find their identity and figure out for these guys what their roles are. That's what they've accepted, and that's one of the reasons they've won seven in a row because each guy has the ability to step up on any given night. You know, last year you talk about Dwayne Cohill. They don't have a player – that's as explosive as Dwayne, but what they have is a very, a, a very evenly spread amount of players who could score on any given night. You talked about Brandon Rush, who twice has gone for 20 plus. Ziggy Reed virtually carried them to the win at Western Michigan. Um, you've got a couple other players that have really kind of helped immensely. John Lovelace, who was here a year ago, has had three really impressive games. Um, they've just had different guys step up. D.J. Burns loves to get double-doubles, 
and and he's another guy who's that sneaky three-point shooter, uh, shooting it at a high percentage right now. Doesn't shoot a lot of them, but when he does, he picks his moments. And the guards, Brett Thompson's made a huge difference as he was inserted into the starting lineup to help Bryson Langdon, who knows this league, and that's going to make a big difference. And one of the things that YSU can do that not many teams in this league can do, and that's go very, very big with a freshman who's 7-3 and has played very well, and then a player from Northern Kentucky, Emmanuel Zorpel, who is seven feet and can kind of pick his moments when he's on the floor. And they've put Burns and Dines on the floor together. Gabe Dines is a seven-three freshman out of Kentucky. Um, so they've been able to kind of change some rotations. I think everybody's accepted their roles. Um, it's a much deeper basketball team than they had a year ago. Uh, winners of seven straight, their last loss uh, coming against Dayton out of the A-10 uh, back uh, around close to Thanksgiving, of course. Uh, but uh, very uh, hot December, and that's what you want. You want to be playing your best basketball heading into conference play, of course, and that's what Youngstown State is doing for all the reasons that we've lightly discussed here uh, over the last 15 minutes. Uh, but, Rob, just your overall vibe of the Horizon League. Look, you know, the, the connotation, you know, people always say, oh, it's a one-bid league, and the connotation there is, is it's not a good league. That, that cannot be any uh, more false. I mean, yes, it's a one-bid league. That's the, that's the reality of it. But I, I feel like over the last couple seasons, this is the deepest that the conference has been in a while it's the healthiest i feel like the conference has been in a while from you know coaching tenures uh to coaches that have been around for a while to be able to get their system to get their guys in place so that adds some sustainability and consistency there uh and just the overall talent coming into the conference it's just been fun over the last couple of seasons no doubt what's your what's your takeaway of the horizon league as we head in to the full conference slate right now you know, from a record perspective you know you have the mastodons purdue fort wayne youngstown state nku right state right there at the top which is what we expected but Oakland, you know, not everything is record-based because Oakland, they're 6-7, and seven, but that's not an indictment of how good of a team they are because their non-com was absolutely brutal. Your overall vibe of the Horizon League as we head in right now. No, I agree completely. I mean, I agree with you completely. I think this league, and, and, and I had an opportunity in our game at home against Navy uh, the Thursday before Christmas to speak with the commissioner, Julie Rolash, mm -hmm. she was here for that double header, and I had an opportunity to speak with her at halftime. And, and, and her and I said the same thing, and I truly believe what you said. This is the deepest and the most talented I have seen this league in a good 10 years. It has really come a long way. Now, again, you're right. The net right now is not going to bear that out, and that's unfortunate. The new scheduling parameters, good, bad, or indifferent, forcing you to play more quads and quad ones and quad twos, may may eventually help buoy this league and push it into the top 20, but I, I agree with you. I think from top to bottom, I think this is as good the league, as the league has, has been in a long time. Now, the surprises obviously are Purdue-Fort Wayne and Coach Campy has made it public that, you know, he thought, well, let's look at strength of schedule. As you had mentioned, Oakland's played a whale of a non-league schedule. Purdue-Fort Wayne knew that they had a lot of holes to fill, and I think John Conklin's done a great job of scheduling to get his team mentally to buy in to what he's selling. And, and I'm a proponent of winning early to get your kids to buy in and keep them excited and engaged. I think all of a sudden now you look at Purdue Fort Wayne's record and you think, oh, the Mastodons are better than people thought. Now you'll find out when league play starts what it really proves to be. But at least going in now, those kids are emotionally charged and feel that they can win this league. I think the disappointment has been Detroit Mercy because they've played a gauntlet 
of a schedule, minus Antoine Davis, and his dad's a great coach, but I, I think they went in and maybe bit off a little bit more than they could choose. So now they've got to fight out of that 0-11, you know, that early 0 for slump that they're in. Once they get that first win, we'll see how they react to that. But I still think Wright State's one of the preseason favorites as expected. Um, you're going to hear a lot more out of Cleveland State. No, this league is, is very good. They've got some great players. Trey Townsend is a player of the year candidate. Oakland, Tristan, and Aruna, who, again, was Horizon League Player of the Week, is one of the best that we've seen. Um, no, it'll be a lot of fun. League play will be outstanding this year, home and away. Now you brought up Detroit. You know, uh, a couple years ago, um, it was funny. So Coach Calipari over at Kentucky, his son played for Detroit, as you know. And we yep. had Coach Calipari on the, on the podcast, and we were just talking about Detroit in general. And he just said, he goes, man, he loves Mike Davis because he loves to challenge himself. But he, he said, he goes, he hates he hates that how aggressive he is in the scheduling model. He goes, you've got to take some of these teams off. So I'm looking at their schedule now. I mean, they played at Toledo, at Cincinnati, at Mississippi. I mean, they obviously don't have had played Oakland and Cleveland State already, but Ball State at Northwestern, um, at NC State. I mean, my goodness, yes, you are right. Like yeah. That's a, an example of sometimes the record is not – that can't tell the story because everyone's schedule is different. I call, I'm filling in right now calling games for Wright State. Jim Brown, shout out to Jim Brown, by the way. He's battling uh, you know, a back injury, so he was on the podcast with us last week kind of sharing that. But Wright State 6-6 six and six right now. They have the Horizon League Player of the Year in Trey Calvin. Tanner Holden comes back from Ohio State, but they're 6-6. Six and six, But they've played at Colorado State. They've played at Indiana. They've played Toledo. All right, they've played Miami of Ohio. They've played a really good non-con slate. And it's like 6-6 six and six heading in. Oh, they're just average. No, I think they're a really good team. I think the records, you can't let that tell a story heading in. And I think that's what's going to be interesting, learning about these teams in the first couple of weeks. Yeah, that's the thing. At this level, you have to play those so-called money games mm -hmm. uh, because you know, you're not going to draw 20,000 people with all 20,000 paying their way in to make your – Budget, so you've got to go play some of those money games, and it puts you at a disadvantage. You know, you hope to steal one like Oakland did at Xavier, but again, on the whole, that's not going to occur. So, you know, that's why those non-league schedules, you've got to you've got to do a nice mix of you know upper division and, and then a little bit lower mid-major to kind of help buoy that. So, I, I think Wright State has by far and away, in my mind, at least for right now, and I haven't seen them yet. But on paper, they've got you know they've got a great six-seven-man rotation. They've got size, you know, Noel and Braun. You bring Holden back. Uh, Calvin is there. The you know the 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 Hubrix kid is that patented Wright State three-point shooter, and it's got Nagy does a great job at, at Wright State. They run a very disciplined defense. That's what makes that's what makes Northern Kentucky with with and without Sam Vincent. That's what makes the North so difficult to play is they, that pack line defense is, is very difficult to go up against, and that's what always has been the problem. And, you know, I think, you know, I think that's what makes this league so interesting is there's, there's such a different parameter of coaches um, and, and how they approach each game. Uh, there's not an overall cookie-cutter system that, you know, one plays into the next. That's really what I think challenges this league and then there are a lot of reasons from top to bottom a lot of really good coaches i mean look what look what sundance has done at green bay in a short amount of time i mean he's finally got that program on a quick upspring and and milwaukee because bj freeman was injured and then they end up you know losing marquise browning you know that's been a, tr a struggle for bart lundy but milwaukee will turn this around and they'll be right there in the in the thick of things when we move into february 
right. Well, good stuff. Again, Rob Schmidt, the voice of the Penguins. And, and Rob, first of all, thank you. This is why this is why I love having the uh, you know the the play by play that just the the broadcasting crew uh, guest on the podcast because. It's not just about the teams that you call the games for. I mean, everyone's so well-versed in the league, and we always appreciate the insight, uh, no doubt about it. But conference play officially tipping off this coming weekend. Uh, and Rob Schmidt, again, the voice of the Penguins, they're going to open up with Oakland uh, coming up on New Year's Eve. Here's how the Horizon League slate looks uh, this weekend coming up on Thursday night. Uh, depending on when you listen to this, some of these games would have been played already or are about to be played. But Oakland and Cleveland State will tip everything off coming up on Thursday night. Friday, a lot of really good games. Wright State at Green Bay, a mid-afternoon game, a 1 p.m. tip off there. NKU, Purdue, Fort Wayne. You know, we talked about that, Rob. I mean, Purdue, Fort Wayne, they're going to have a chance. They have that 11-2 and record. They're feeling confident. They got NKU in town. They're going to have a shot to put the league on notice if they can knock off NKU in their opener. No, that's that's a huge game. You mentioned that. We'll see how NKU bounces back without Vincent. And, you know, I think this will be a lot of fun this opening weekend to kind of see how you come off Christmas break and how you move into January. I know we're excited to have a chance to host Oakland. It's been a great series. Coach Calhoun and Coach Campier are great friends, and Oakland comes in with, you know, a really good lineup. I'm really anxious to see them play, but our guys are getting better each game. Uh, they've, they've accepted their roles, and, and, and any, any, any one day, you know, someone could be inserted into the starting lineup like a John Lovelace Jr. Um, should be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited and energized to go into this uh, new year with Horizon League basketball. All right, well, good stuff. Rob Schmidt, voice of the Youngstown State Penguins men's basketball team, been doing it for over 20-plus years and awesome enough to give us 20-plus minutes today. So thank you, uh, sir. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. My pleasure, Justin. I really appreciate it. I, I want to thank you for all that you do. This league needs people such as yourself to cover this league and spread the word. Um, you know, people, when they come to our games, and, and obviously last year, you know, we drew a pretty good amount of attendance with the success that Coach Calhoun brought here. Uh, people realize that the caliber and level of basketball that's played in the Horizon League, and, you know, it's nice to have people that care such as yourself and, and continue to spread the word. Justin, thank you. Uh, no, thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we'll have multiple episodes this uh, this week, of course. Uh, Rob Schmidt, awesome enough to give us time today. We'll hear from uh, Jim Kelch, the, the voice of Northern Kentucky, uh, the Norse uh, of Northern Kentucky, so that'll be released this week. We've caught up with Neil Rule. We've caught up with quite a few of the voices of some of these top Horizon League programs throughout, so make sure you tell your friends about the podcast. Download it, and wherever you get your uh, wherever you get your podcasts, of course, Apple iTunes, Google Play, etc., uh, we we appreciate that nonetheless. That wraps it up for us. Until next week, this has been Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League.